welcome to the Veranda Entrepreneur Podcast. I'm Christine Mills. On the Veranda Entrepreneur Podcast, I feature entrepreneurs while I discuss ways you can grow your business today. Step onto the veranda, get a cup of tea, get comfortable, and let's talk shop. Let's do this. Hello, welcome to the Veranda Financing Podcast. Today we have Lauren Milner, the president and co-founder of Windmill. Windmill is a creative and integrated investor-focused special media marketing and digital communication firm for startups, small businesses, public and private companies, equity crowdfunding issues, organizations, and professionals. Hi, Lauren. Thank you for joining us today. Hi. Thank you for having me. Yeah. Well, we just wanted to um, ask you a couple of questions about your background and Windmill. Could you tell us a little bit about your background and the path of starting uh, Windmill? Sure. I'll I'll try to keep it as short as possible. (laughs) Um, It's kind of a long story. um, (laughs) um, So Windmill, uh, let's go back. Um, I graduated from college with a psych degree. Um, which is, uh, you know, not the traditional marketing route. And, and after college, I sort of, uh, wasn't sure what I wanted to do with that. Um, and I was in New York and I just kind of found my way to a job in finance, uh, working at Bernstein, which is a wealth management firm, um, oh, yeah. in the city. Yeah. Uh, and I got my series seven, I got my 63, had never taken a finance class, an accounting class before. Like I took economics in college and, and that stuff, but, um, I was sort of fascinated with, uh, with, with just people's motivations for investing. And I was sort of a direct contact between cl- high net worth clients and the financial advisors. Okay. So there was a lot of hand holding. There was a lot of talking them off ledges, you know, when the stock market took like a little dip. Um, but you know, I found the, the people aspect to that, uh, very fascinating. And, and also the financial aspect, you know, why are our portfolios, um, growing in a certain way? Why are the analysts picking certain stocks over others? Um, and so, I got a little, uh, I got a little too, um, attached to the whole, to the, to the client aspect to it and it just got too emotional. So mm. I decided to switch over and actually work on the corporate aspect of it. So okay. I moved, I hopped jobs and I went to investor relations. Um, it's sort of a niche. It's kind of like a, a cross between public relations and finance, basically. Okay. Um, and started working with public companies, uh, small public companies in New York City, and this is right before the crash, oh, of 2008, okay. 2009. Yeah. yeah. And, uh, 2009 hit, and our, and a number of, uh, of our clients, I was working on solar, it was solar and semiconductor clients, um, you know, they just couldn't pay the bills anymore, and I essentially, you know, got let go. But, uh, oh, I'm so following sorry. that, I tri- <laughs> Yeah, well, I mean, it happened, you know, a lot. Yeah. I was, um, I was actually one of the lucky ones, I think. I, uh, you know, so many people lost their jobs, uh, in the crash. It was, it was pretty devastating time. Um, but it, you know, I feel like I have a big belief that everything happens for a reason. Yeah. And, right. um, yeah, and it, uh, following that, I moved back to South Florida. I'm originally from here. Um, and I was not expecting to find a job similar to the one I had in New York. And lo and behold, I did in Aventura after a few months of being down here. It was wow. just like a miracle. Yeah, it was yeah. like a miracle. 
And it was a very small agency. It gave me a lot of room to work directly with the clients to create uh, unique, you know, uh, messaging strategies and um, just different uh, ways to get our message to our shareholders and to ensure that we're obviously coming off, you know, transparent, clear, communicating, and, and also trying to get, obviously, more brand awareness and more exposure for our clients. Um, so that was uh, that was just a blessing. Um, and so that firm, I was with that firm for 10 years, and hmm. the owner of that firm uh, and myself, we worked, I was his director of uh, communications. We worked um, hand-in-hand together. I was his right hand. We... Around 2013, we saw that a lot of businesses were utilizing social media. Well, they were starting to. It was sort of like it was like the the hockey stick was almost was starting. Um, and so we thought, you know, we had a lot of companies that would come to us seeking help finding capital or help telling their message to investors. But for whatever reason, we couldn't afford to take them on as clients. But there were certain things that we could help with. You know, we could help brand them. We could help build their online presence. We could help position them to look like they are, um, you know, that they are growing as as they should be. Um, and so we saw social media as the perfect aspect um, and the perfect avenue and channel for that, for these uh, smaller companies that we really couldn't take on as clients. Mm-hmm. And so Whitmill was born out of that need that we saw mm-hmm. in the market in 2013. And it's only grown and it's actually expanded and morphed uh, well beyond uh, my wildest dreams and anything I could have imagined. So, you know, now we do, uh, it's not just social media, you know, it's blog, it's press releases, it's website, it's social, it's SEO, it's digital advertising, digital marketing, influencer marketing. Um, and, and not only has the services expanded, but also, uh, our target uh, clientele has expanded. You know, initially we we opened up Windmill just to focus on public companies um, and you know small public companies. And now you know going through the processes and and still referring to my psych degree, which is crazy. Um, <laughs> you realize that you know there's branding and messaging and and those types of strategies can be applied to different um, to any type of audience. You yeah, know, you just got to really think deep down as to what your audience, your target audience motivation is. What are their yeah. incentives? What are their worries? What are their fears? And how yeah. can you speak to those and how can you address them in a way that's clear, transparent, um, and honest? So, uh, yeah, so our, it, it's totally taken on a whole new, a whole life of its own. <laughs> and, yeah. and most recently, um, yeah, we're focused on equity crowdfunding space, which is brand new. Uh, emerging uh, market of capital finance and uh, capital access. So before uh, the Jobs Act 2012, um, you know, private companies couldn't go to anybody and everybody uh, for capital. They would have to go to a venture capitalist or they would have to go to a high net worth investor or they'd have to go to, you know, a high net worth friend or family mm-hmm. um, or an angel group. And now through crowdfunding, they can go to anybody. So it's pretty cool. And, and they can also market their opportunity online. So we're really excited and helping out in that aspect. And it's definitely a huge challenge, but very fun. That sounds like, it's, although you said you have a psych degree, I feel like everything mm-hmm. just came into place. And you're using it really everything did. you've learned <laughs> to get to It really course. did. And, and to have, you know, and so to exit college with, uh, 
with no plan, really, <laughs> and, right. to, and to not really have a plan, actually, for several years after college, yeah. um, it's it's amazing uh, how, it, how it came together and how I'm kind of actually in the perfect perfect field for what my experience and what I was trained in. College. Yeah, and especially the timing as well. <laughs> I mm-hmm. mean, it's like the perfect Absolutely. time for what you're doing. Um, mm-hmm. I, I know this isn't, you were just talking about equity crowdfunding. Could you give us an example of like what you'll help uh, clients do? Because I know that's a huge space for raising capital, especially for small business owners. Um, sure. Can you let us know like how your services could help people raise money um, with individuals who they may not even know? Yeah, absolutely. Um, so we work with uh, both, uh, you know, small startup uh, capital raises and also larger ones. So depending on the size of the of the client and obviously their, their budget, um, we can help in different uh, different avenues. You know, either a larger campaign or, or a smaller one. Um, but essentially, you know, because this because equity crowdfunding um, is such a new. Uh, uh, form of capital raising and, and the mm-hmm. ability to market it and invest it and market and invest online is so new that there's not a lot of uh, agencies or there's actually very few agencies and there's very few professionals that have any experience in marketing investments. Okay. Um, so we come in, uh, we come in in a few ways that we, we come in as a, a sort of a campaign manager so we'll put together a strategy and we'll pull in different parties, like say maybe a client already has a marketing group that they like to work with. We'll pull in, them in. I will oversee and train uh, their team. So I act more as like um, just like an overseer of messaging and strategy and branding. Um, and then uh, and, and in other cases, clients that don't have all those teams in place or don't have preferred providers, we'll build a campaign and we'll pull in uh subcontractors and providers in each niche of the campaign. And basically because, like I said, these these uh, crowdfunded offerings are so new, there's not, um, there's not a recipe that works exactly for every company. So it's yeah. a lot of, um, it's a lot of A-B testing. <laughs> it's right, a lot right. of, try, it's a lot of throwing things against the wall and seeing what sticks. Right. Um, so, uh, yeah, we sort of, we, we handhold companies, uh, through the process, whether they're listing on a portal or they're driving, uh, you know, traffic to their website. Um, we handhold them, uh, through, through all of that and, and, and really try to help, uh, deliver t- the best, uh, the most amount of investors, uh, at the lowest cost possible. Yeah. So most, a lot of lead gen. Yeah. Lead gen and communication, mostly. Now, would this be on um, sites, certain sites for crowdfunding? Correct. So, okay. yeah, there's a number. There's a number of equity uh, crowdfunding sites. Um, one of my, my clients, actually, ImpactHousing.com. We raise money on on that website. So, okay. we don't drive traffic to to an outside website. We drive traffic to the client's website. And what's okay. cool about that is because actually, equity crowdfunding. Um, because you're marketing the uh, the value proposition of the business, it's cool because your marketing dollars can be deployed um, towards not only you know bringing in more revenue or more you know customers, but also towards bringing in investors. So you market mm-hmm. to your customers, you market an investment to your customers because they're the ones that are the most familiar with your company and with your product or your service. So it's like two birds one stone kind of a thing. Right. Right. 
interesting. Interesting. Yeah. Because a lot of times um, when we think of uh, content, I find that Winlow is very unique in that you guys actually do equity crowdfunding, which is like a, a, a growing um, sector of um, yeah. financing. And, um, yeah, absolutely. And to tell the story makes such a big difference because I think there's a misconception that you just throw up your website and, you know, <laughs> and you tell, like, you put a paragraph <laughs> and, you know, you send it to your friends and you raise a lot of money that is, to work with that. <laughs> Christine, I could do a whole, I could do a whole interview just on that. <laughs> um, just on that. Um, and, and what's funny is, you know, the portals themselves or the platforms sell themselves to companies, you know, to get their offering on their platform based on, you know, the existing uh, investor base that they have, but they don't actually do anything to market your investment. So you still have to drive, you still have to use other marketing dollars to drive traffic to their website, which in the end, they end up retaining that investor. Mm -hmm. So it's... um, yeah, people people have been right, exactly. People definitely have that misconception. So I feel like yeah. I'm shooting it down every day. <laughs> yeah, and I, and I think it's also the way I, – I don't think people are as transparent of what they do to uh, allow them to, like, raise huge amounts of money on Kickstarter and all these other platforms. I don't right. – people just really think that they just put up a video and then they raise uh, lots of money and there's nothing else to happen. But there are, there are a lot of things that's happening in the background that no one's really talking about. Oh, yeah. About. Yeah. Oh, yeah, for sure, for sure. Well, this yeah. is really good to know. <laughs> Anyone listening, <laughs> check out Winmo if you're going to try to raise equity crowdfunding. I mean, yes, I will either talk you into it or talk you out of it. <laughs> <laughs> I, have, I, have talked, uh, I have talked many companies out of it. Really? Um, just because, yeah, just because, I mean, it's a client that, yeah, maybe I gave away, but I, um, you know, I have a soft spot for startups and for businesses and for entrepreneurs and capital and cash flow and, uh, you know, maintaining a viable, uh, you know, working uh, business. And for some entrepreneurs, it doesn't make sense to equity crowdfund. Um, you know, maybe they don't have a business that is, is, is easily understood or mm-hmm. maybe they don't have a huge network that they've already built or maybe they have a network but they're not willing to go out to it. Those are the ones that I'm like, eh, maybe you shouldn't do this. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's not for the faint of heart. <laughs> right. It's definitely not. It's definitely not. Sure. Do, you, do you think that product-based companies are best for crowdfunding? Uh, I think consumer products. Okay. Yes. yes. Yeah. Consumer products um, are ideal. Um, real estate is ideal because real estate is a very easily understood uh, offering, easily understood you know, asset. Mm-hmm. Um, I think, um, anything, uh, that is sort of impact driven. So something that's, you know, uh, environmentally friendly or, you know, has this sort of, um, social good aspect to it is also really great, um, mm-hmm. for crowdfunding. Um, anything, any company that has an existing large network of customers, of users, of mm-hmm. followers that are actually real followers, like a viral product, those are great because the more uh, you can just send an email to those people that already know you, that right. reduces your overall marketing costs. Yeah. You can get those as investors. I mean, your marketing costs, your cap- cost capital is going to be like nothing. Mm-hmm. So, uh, yeah, those are all great. 
um, great types of companies that should definitely look into this if this is something that, that they're in need of capital, yeah. which most are. <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's very helpful. As you know. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> what are some challenges you see small businesses have with social media content creation? Um, I see... I would say for the most part, I mean, internally, I can feel their challenge is time. Um, A lot of, a lot of small businesses don't have the time. Uh, You know, obviously their, their main priority should be, you know, uh, growing their own business and and be uh, dealing with customer, you know, complaints or supply, product supply, you know, costs, um, getting their margins down. Uh, So time uh, is really a challenge and also expertise. Um, I feel like a lot of, uh, you know, Social media isn't um, isn't what it you know it used to be. Uh, mm-hmm. I think people used to just think it was just you know promote promote promote, um, and now it's turned uh, social media, particularly like Facebook and LinkedIn um, and Instagram, had turned into much more of a um, informative, educational, motivational type right. of uh, content uh, feed where you know you you don't want to you don't want a product or a service shoved down your throat. You want right. a brand that is going to contribute to your life in a positive way. They're going to educate you on their industry. They're going to educate you on new trends. They're going to motivate you to make that next step in your career, in your path. Because, I mean, if you're a business, they're a business. You know, right. and, and all businesses to a certain degree at the fundamental level are the same. Um, yeah. So I think, uh, yeah, so I, I think expertise and, and strategy with regards to, you know, what type of post, how frequent to post, um, what, uh, you know, what audiences are you targeting? Because obviously not the same post is going to speak to the same people and right. identifying your target audiences. I think that's where, um, you know, a lot of small businesses um, find challenges because, you know, it's not, that's not their business. Their business right. is, you know, making, making cookies or yeah. paddleboarding or whatever. You know? Yeah. <laughs> I, I find that just by like a, being a consumer of social media, the ones that I think do it the best are the ones mm-hmm. who tell a story and you kind of feel like you know the person. Like if you were yep. to like hang out with this person, you have an idea of who they are and what they like and, and then it, it makes you want to support them or to be a part of their community. Right, right, absolutely. Yeah. They, you know, they're they're communicating and they're showcasing their mission and their values and yeah. where they spend their extra time and what causes they're, you know, uh, committed to and who they're, you know, inter- who they're networking with and who they're talking to and different, you know, you want to see, you want to have something, you know, you believe in. Yeah, true, true. This is all very helpful. Um, how do you think small businesses could tell their brand story at any budget? Um, I think, I mean, a great way to start is, you know, on your own website, with your own website, yeah. Um, yeah. And, and with a blog. Um, I think that, uh, you know, that's the, the first place um, anybody goes when they, you know, research a company. So, the first place they're going to go is your website. The second place is probably going to be Facebook, um, mm-hmm. Instagram, LinkedIn, unless they find you there. Um, but um, in terms of budget, yeah, I mean, it, it's really time budget. So yeah. the entrepreneur or a team member has to have the time to put in uh, to that. But I would say that that's the best, uh, that's the best place to start for sure. And, and then, you know, that, 
I'm sorry. Well, I was going to say, I don't know, I was going to say, once you have, you know, the content on your site and you have blog posts on your site, you can pull out bits of that content and utilize it in your social strategy. Mm. Yeah. Which makes it easy. And, and so also probably I'm thinking to start with what you're most comfortable with. Um, like, I know mm-hmm. Facebook Live is really good. Uh, YouTube videos mm-hmm. are really good. But if you're not really comfortable doing that, maybe blogs might be more your speed or Instagram. Absolutely. Yeah, yeah absolutely. Um, like I personally, like I don't like to be filmed. <laughs> so I would, I'm not one to promote go video, go video. I don't do it myself. <laughs> but um, yeah, you're spot on. Whatever, whatever you're most comfortable with, I would say if you're comfortable with video, that's probably the easiest and the quickest way to get your message across. Yeah. But also, um, you know, also understand that like a lot of people, some a, a lot of your audience might not watch video, but they might not be on YouTube. I personally, mm. I prefer to read things because I'm more of a visual than a learner than I am an audio learner. Okay. So I so can blogs take a bunch good. of stuff. Right. So for me, blogs are better. For me, okay. I ingest information by reading it or by visualizing yeah. it versus hearing it. It's almost like sometimes it's like in one ear and out the other. I'm like, okay, right. I gotta write that down. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> no, I feel the same way. Like I'm more of a podcast blog reader and you know, yeah. people are saying blogs are dead. I'm like, I still like blogs and you know, mm-hmm. I, I still like to read blog entries. So, you know, I still blog like is, no, I mean, it's, um, you know, it's, it's, Content marketing and content marketing is definitely not dead, right. um, for sure. And it lives forever, which is great too. Yeah, that's very yeah. true. It becomes like an evergreen on your site. Mm-hmm. Yep. All right. What sure. do you enjoy the most about being a small business owner? And I, and I think you know, as South Floridians, it's pretty cool to meet um, small business owners in my hood. <laughs> yes. How, how do you like being a small business owner in South Florida? Um, I, you know, I love it. I, um, I, it's been, it's been five years now. So, hey, hey, hit the five year mark. (laughs) Thank you. Um, I, I really enjoy the freedom. I really enjoy, um, well, the freedom that comes not just with, you know, with time, with creativity. I can work as much as I want. Everything's kind of, you know, up to me and my team and, and, Mm -hmm. and the people that I put in place. So I have a lot of control. Um, and I sort of am a type A person, so I, I like that. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. And, and you get out, you know, you get out what you put in and I tend to, uh, I overwork myself for sure. But for me, it's more gratifying than, you know, than not. So yeah. that's what I probably enjoy the most. And what do you enjoy the least? <laughs> <laughs> the least. Uh, um, Probably uh, chasing down clients for money. Um, yeah. That's probably that's definitely what I enjoy the least. Uh, you know, and it, it's a risk that you take uh, that I take with uh, certain clients and with startups. And you know, there um, there is always you know they always have this you know grand assumption or idea in their head that they're always going to have capital. <clears throat> and sometimes it just doesn't happen, and yeah. I unfortunately, you know, and other vendors uh, take take the hit for that. So that that I would say is probably yeah, yeah, the ugly side. Yeah. <laughs> so, what <laughs> parting advice do you have for entrepreneurs and entrepreneur hopefuls? Oh, so much. 
Um, I would say um, always be prepared to pivot mm-hmm. and to expand because what you go out initially with and your as your business model as your business plan um, may change and the market may change and customer demand may change. They usually do. Um, so you have to be sort of uh, flexible and, and nimble and prepared to follow those changes, um, assuming, you know, they make sense for you. Um, I would say that. And, and yeah, and assume, and also make sure that you have product or service market fit. Make sure there's a demand for yeah. what you're doing, because if there isn't, you're not going to last very long. Hmm. That's very you true. should find it. <laughs> yeah. If there isn't. You should find it. Find where yeah. there is demand. Yeah. And go that way. Thank you. That's very helpful. Mm-hmm. Um, definitely finding that demand and being able to pivot. pivot. Um, <laughs> <laughs> rapid fire. What, what's in demand right now? You know, might not be in demand next week or the week after. Yeah. So you gotta and, you gotta be flexible. And the companies that really stay around, they they recreate themselves all the time. Yep. Yep. Yeah. Absolutely. Absolutely. Now we're going into rapid fire questions part of the interview. And this is just like mm-hmm. a fun way for listeners to, you know, get to know Lauren Milner a little bit. So the first question <laughs> is good. coffee or tea? Oh, uh, definitely coffee. Coffee. Yeah. Um, beach or mountains? Usually I would say beach, but lately it's been mountains. Okay. Uh, favorite city? Uh, New York. New York City. Oh, that's sure. my favorite city. <laughs> Hands down, my favorite city as well. Uh, yeah, I'm actually going tomorrow, so I'm pretty excited. Oh, man. Where's your favorite yeah. um, place in the city? Um, I love I love Bryant Park. Yeah. In the city. Yeah. I mean, especially in the summer. So mm-hmm. I'm really excited to visit Bryant Park. Yeah, and, um, yeah. It's just there's nothing like it. Yeah, and you yeah. know the the feel of New York City during the summertime, it just feels so celebratory. Everyone's happy and everyone's out and about. It's just mm-hmm. a great, great place. Really I love is. Brooklyn. Yeah. Oh, nice. Yeah, I lived in Brooklyn uh, for my first year there in Williamsburg. Yeah, such a great city. It is. It is. <laughs> uh, favorite book. Favorite book? Um, I would say I have a lot of favorite books, but this one is probably the one that's the simplest that I just always refer to and remind myself about, and that's The Four Agreements. The Four Agreements today. Yeah, The Four Agreements. Um, it's uh, by Don Miguel Ruiz, and Four Agreements are easy to remember, but they're uh, be impeccable with your word. Don't make assumptions. Hmm. Don't take anything personally. And always do your best. I love that. Yeah, I'll definitely it's a really include great that. The, yeah, definitely include that in the show notes. It's great. Yeah. And the last one is, what is your superpower? Ah, uh, superpower. Um, I would say it's kind of cheesy, but I would say empathy. Oh, I have I have a lot of empathy, and I have sort of a uh, a really unique ability to put myself in other people's shoes, which actually helps a lot with marketing mm-hmm. <laughs> and, and, and with, with, uh, you know, crisis management and things. So 
um, yeah, empathy. Great. Thank you so much, Lauren, for joining us today. Thank you. Uh, is there any, any information the listeners could um, get from you and how they could get in touch with you and your company? Uh, sure. Uh, yeah, they can uh, email me at lauren at choosewindmill.com. Um, and, yeah, that's probably the easiest way. <laughs> great. All right. Thank you. Have a great one. All right. Thanks, okay. Christine.